We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody. Hour number two here of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Paul Savage, Tommy Caster with you. Hour number twos of Fridays start with picks. And uh, we call them picks sure to fail. You know, that's sort of just like a cheeky thing we say, Tommy. We're not actually trying to do that, but Tommy pulled it off. Uh, Tommy pulled off for the first time in the history of picks, at least since I've been on Sports Daily, the first 0-10 week of all time. (laughs) Congratulations, Tommy. That's really, that's awesome. I'll tell you what, Thank you. I've never been been so proud of you as I am right now. Thanks. Look, I mentioned this on Monday when, when Jacob was giving me a hard time about it. I, I'm actually doing the listeners a service because now you yeah. know that anything I pick is going to be wrong. So, so the listener should pick exactly <laughs> the opposite from me. If you go five and five, you're not helping anybody out. Oh, and 10. I mean, I feel like I'm doing a really good service here. There you go. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that, do by the, the opposite. By the way, Jacob, I think I've been on most of all the football picks over, over the course of time. And you're right. This is the first. I mean, even before you, this nobody went. Oh, oh Lord, nobody ever went. Oh, and I, but here's what I'm going to do. You guys know I'm a magnanimous individual. So Tommy, here's here's what I'm going to do for you today. I'm going to make my picks with one hand tied behind my back. I appreciate that. You're a gracious just go, competitor. We could just go the opposite of whatever Tommy picks today, I guess. Well, I guess yeah. that's a good point, a Jacob. I do no. want to point out, by yes. the way, that it got to the point, and we were texting about it all weekend. It got to the point where I was 0-9 going into Sunday Night Football, and I wanted oh, to lose that last that pick. Yeah. Because 1-9 yeah. means nothing. Like that's That just means you're bad. 0-10 is a whole other level. So I was I was really rooting for that last pick to be wrong. Well, oh boy, I agree with you on that. Well, and the irony is, you could go ten and zero this week. I mean, come on now. I, I mean, could. we're giving you I a really hard. You were giving you a hard time, but you know, th- who the heck knows? I mean, for guys' sakes, uh, who the heck knows? I mean, do you think Jacob or I, or I have some sort of insight that you don't have? For guys' sake, well, I mean, come look, on now. I mean, you're the same guy, Paul, that you've made picks based on NIL money and the color of the uniforms they're wearing. I have. I have. I do want to say, I want to make this bold claim right now that if I, and I'm on record, we are live on the radio, you guys can hold me to this. All right. If I, if I go 0-10 again this weekend, I'm done picking for the rest of the you year. Are so you guys can that, do, no. you can do no. the segment. I will, I will bow out. No. If I go 0 and 10, two weeks in a row, I had to remove myself from the competition. Oh, so the chances you... of that are about as good as going 10 and 0. Well, so, you know, probably not, right. yeah. probably not much to worry about there. Right, right. So the results last week, Paul went six and four. I went five and five. We're kind of hanging in there neck and neck. I think we're one game of separation, Paul. 
Uh, and Tommy's certainly this early in the year not out of it, is nine games behind you, Paul. Uh, so I sent you guys the games. We're going to get into this. We'll start in college with probably the game of the week. Oregon taking on Washington. Washington getting three points at home. Paul, you led the way last week. You can lead us off today. What do you have in this one? This, to me, and you guys may say, Savage, you're nuts. To me, this is the toughest game to pick. I'm really struggling with this game. I really don't have a feel for this. And because I don't have a feel for this, I I sometimes think to myself, well, who's the home team? Washington's the home team. So for that matter, I mean, you got a Heisman in the mix with a really good football team in Oregon. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. I'm going to go ahead and take Washington, and the only reason that I'm taking them is they're the home team. All right, Washington at home. I'll go next here. I'm actually going to take Oregon. I think Oregon's better. That's all it is for me. I just think Oregon's a better team. Um, They're getting three points in a game of this magnitude. I'll take the Ducks. Tommy, what do you think? It's a coin flip game. You know, of course, Washington gets – uh, they're laying three points at home, so really it's just that home field advantage is the only reason why the point spread is where it is. It's a coin flip. Uh, I, Michael Penix Jr. is so much fun to watch, and he, he might be the favorite as of right now to win the Heisman. I know there are a couple of other guys around him. Caleb Williams is one of them, but I like Michael Penix a lot. That being said, though, I love Dan Lanning, and I love what Oregon is doing right now this season. And considering that they're getting three points, Jacob, I'm going to join you. I'll take the Ducks, and I'll take the three points. There you go, Jacob. That ought to make you feel good. Yeah, that makes me feel great. Uh, (laughs) Miami and UNC here. Uh, By the way, Paul, you mentioned these games. That that was your heart. I think all of these games are really hard this week. I don't like this is a tough slate, especially in college. Miami and UNC, boy, the Hurricanes. Woo! You talk about a mistake at the end of a game and the implications of it. They've got to now go on the road. They take on North Carolina. North Carolina is favored by three. I think Miami will respond. I do. I'm going to take the points again here, um, and it is sort of a we, we've we'll see what kind of you know what kind of gumption this team has based on how they react to what happened last week with a really poor call at the end of the game on the sideline. Uh, but I'll take the points here again. I'll take Miami, Tommy. It's really hard for a team to bounce back from such an epic fail like Miami had a week ago against Georgia Tech. That was one of the craziest things that I've seen ever in watching college football. That's the sort of thing that can make a team completely fall apart for the rest of the season. And that you can always point back at when it all started. And that could very well be the moment for Miami when the season fell apart. On the other side... Mac Brown is salty, man. Like, he's been around a long time. He knows what he's doing in his second stint in Chapel Hill with North Carolina. Give me North Carolina. I'll lay the three. Paul? Well, my heart says, my heart says Miami. And they're so talented. They run so well. I just think I've got to take, I'm going to go with Miami as well. I'm go, I am guess it's a sweep, right? No, no, I took Tommy Carolina. Oh, t- uh, Tommy, okay. And I'm so, with you. I love Mac Brown too. I just yeah, but, got, Miami's got to respond to that. They're too good. That's they're, what I'm thinking. That's what um, I'm thinking too. But North, and by the way, North Carolina is really good too. That's not a knock on them. Uh, all right, USC Notre Dame. Notre Dame is favored by three at home. Guys, I have no idea what to do with this game. None whatsoever. It, it's like, do we look at this as? 
Notre Dame's going to have a better time on offense because USC can't play a lick of defense, or can Notre Dame keep up with USC's high-powered offense? I'm going to just pick with my heart here in a rivalry game that's meant a lot to me as a young fan that rooted for Notre Dame. I'll take Notre Dame just for that reason. Uh, they're at home. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you talk about a clash of styles here, man. I, 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 I'll take I'll take the Irish and lay the points for with no strategy involved in that pick other than I'll just pick that one with my heart. Tommy? Again, it's another coin flip. Uh, this is a, a really difficult game to choose. And again, you know, Notre Dame is getting uh, is laying three points at home with that home field advantage. So it really is, again, a coin flip between these two teams. It's a classic case of two teams in the top 25 that have won games, but also have had moments where they looked just utterly bad. Like both teams have at times throughout the season. I know this game is in South Bend, but again, I don't really have a lot of strategy in this, kind of like you, Jacob. Uh, because it's three points, I'll take USC. I'll take the points. Uh, Sam Hartman's really good, Paul. Can he get enough offense going for them to keep up with that USC attack? This is one of the easier picks of the week, in my opinion. And and part of it is when you look at these two teams and you and you and you go, well, first of all, Notre Dame's got the home field advantage. Secondly, both these teams have really, really good quarterbacks. But who's got the better defense? Was there any question in your guys' mind who has the better defense? Because I think the answer to that would question that question would be Notre Dame. Therein, sure. I'm taking Notre Dame along with Jacob. And Notre Dame also has two losses. Um, they can run the ball. That's the thing to watch. They, they average 191 yards on the ground. Can they maybe keep Caleb Williams off the field? Uh, would be something to look for. All that's, right, let's get to the two local games here. Kansas, Oklahoma State. Tommy, I believe you're up first on this one. Jayhawks uh, laying three points on the road in Stillwater. The Jayhawks can get bull eligible for the second year in a row with a victory tomorrow on the road in Stillwater. And just like a year ago, Jason Bean started the game in Lawrence against Oklahoma State when the Jayhawks won and they became bowl eligible a year ago. He could do it again, this time in Stillwater. They had a great recipe the Jayhawks did a week ago against UCF in running the football down UCF's throat. Between Devin Neal and Daniel Highshaw, they are probably the best one-two punch in running the football not only in the Big 12, but one of the best nationally. I know that Oklahoma State beat Kansas State a week ago at home. I think the Jayhawks are going to be too much, though, for Mike Gundy's Cowboys. I'll take the Jayhawks, and I'll lay the points. What do you think, Paul? Who is Oklahoma State? I'm not, I, don't know, I don't know what football team this is. I, I don't know if this is a good team, a mediocre team, or a poor team. Because they show it all, don't they? That's who they are. I do not know who this team is. But I do know this, KU's not bad. KU's now is running the ball, and I was really impressed with UCF that win over them last week. That was that was a good win, fellas. I mean, and I'm fairly familiar with uh, with UCF, so I I I'm going to go with KU because I don't know who Oklahoma State is. I I look I, I I'm going to just go back to one. I don't expect Jalen Daniels to play right I'm going to go back to what happened last week and what's happened historically every time that Gundy is an underdog at home 8 out of 9 times he's won those games 
I, I'm going to take the home points here. I, you know, I, Kansas is going to have to play well, and they're going to have to run the ball, and they're going to do all these things. They basically have to play like they played last week, but I, history tells me to take Oklahoma State here. I don't like it. I don't want to, but maybe Kansas can win within the number. It's just really hard for me to pick Kansas without Jalen Daniels. That That's what it comes down to in, in general. Not I'm not saying in this game. Just in general terms, picking Kansas games when Jalen Daniels doesn't play is hard for me to do. So I, I'm really actually very excited to see this game. I think this is an intriguing game. Kansas has a lot on the line, and uh, and hopefully they can get down there and, and learn from K-State's mistakes a week ago. Uh, speaking of K-State, they are dogs this week in Lubbock. Texas Tech favored by a point and a half. Paul, I believe you're up first. Can the Cats bounce back and get a win in Lubbock? Well, that's a good question because I was stunned, literally stunned at that game last week. Uh, that they lost, and, and and it was amazing to me to, to watch that game. Watched a good chunk of that game, and uh, it was amazing to me uh, in the fashion that they that they did end up losing that game. Texas Tech, I'm still not sure if they're good, if they're mediocre. I, you know, I think they're a good football team. They're favored in this case. I think a lot of I think the fact that they're favored uh, at home is the fact that Kansas State played so poor the week before, but. I have confidence in his coaching staff that they'll bounce back, get to get the ship righted. In other words, uh, get those kids refocused with new purpose. You know something? I, I, I just Kansas State is too good for me not to pick them uh, against Texas Tech because I don't have any confidence in Texas Tech. Uh, all right, I think I'm up next. I I'm going to take a bounce back for K State too. I, I think K State's they have to bounce back. They have to bounce have back to, and yep. respond. And the team is too good not to. And it is a tough ask to go back on the road again this week. But I think they'll respond. I'll take the Cats, and I'll take the point and a half. Tommy? It's a really, really tempting island. It really is uh, to take Texas Tech at home. I just don't think I can. I think I'm going to join you guys and make it a clean sweep with the Wildcats. Uh, I'm with you, Jacob. I think that they bounce back. Chris Kleiman is too good of a coach to allow this team to be complacent a second week in a row. I think that they head to Lubbock. I think they get the win, but I mean, at the bare minimum, I think they cover that one and a half number. Yeah, it could be. Both of the games this weekend are, are just, they just feel pretty dang big to me. KU to keep the momentum, K-State to get back in the race. All right, let's go to the NFL now. Uh, we've got, we'll start with Colts-Jaguars. I was intrigued by this one. Jags are four-point favorites at home. I don't know how much the Colts lose with Gardner Minshew. I love Anthony Richardson, but Minshew can allow them to do what they want to do, quite frankly, which is going to be to run the ball. Um, boy, this is a hard one. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take. You know what? I'm gonna think. I think I'm gonna take the points. I'm gonna take the call. I'm gonna switch what I've got written down here. Jacksonville's coming back from two weeks across the world. I'm gonna take the points here and take Indianapolis in what could be kind of an ugly game. Uh, which which is the way Indianapolis, I feel like, probably wants to play this game. I'll take the points here. I'll take the four, Tommy. They've got a two-headed monster in Indianapolis now running the football with Jonathan Taylor back. Uh, and really, with Jonathan Taylor back, Zach Moss had his best game of the year a week ago. That being said, though, the Jags were pretty impressive their couple of weeks in London, uh, especially a week ago against Buffalo. I know they're coming back to America now, but they're taking on a Colts team without Anthony Richardson. 
uh, the, the Jags have an opportunity to flex a little bit within their division. I'm going to take the Jaguars, and I'll lay the points. All right. Uh, you've got a chance to break the tie here, Paul. What do you think? Well, I like the ability of the Colts to run the football, and for that, for that fact alone, that's just enough to go ahead for me to take the Colts. All right. Okay. All right, Tommy gets go, Tommy. another island. There you go, Tommy. That's good news for us, maybe, Paul. Uh, all right, Seahawks and Bengals minus two and a half. This is another one that I think is really interesting. I think it has an opportunity to be a sweep here. Tommy, you can start us off. Bengals are the home favorite, two and a half points. You know, it was good to see the Bengals bounce back a week ago. They desperately, desperately needed that game a week ago, and that connection, it looks like, is all the way back between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase from a week ago. The Seahawks, you know, they're they're out there and dangerous when they have the right matchup and all of that. But considering this game is in Cincinnati, you know, I, I don't know if the Bengals are all the way back yet, but they certainly needed that game a week ago. I think they continue it on. I'm going to take Cincinnati and I'll lay the points. All right. Uh, that makes uh, that makes me next, I think. Uh, so I'll I'll uh, I'll do the same. You know, Cincinnati, this feels like history repeating itself where they start slow and then just get on a tear and then become a real betting value like in the middle of the season. I, I will, too, take Cincinnati here. Seattle does get to come off the bye, but they got to travel. Um, this is a big test for the Seahawks. I'm going to take Cincinnati, who's going to be desperate now for a little while to win all of these games. I think they can do it by at least a field goal. Paul, what do you think? You know, something I was going to take the Bengals to, and I got to thinking, what are you two yahoos? Yahoos have already taken the Bengals. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Paul, this is the NFL. Anything can happen. You're going to get a couple. Uh, you're going to get some points, and you had a week off to to rest up and you know fix some of the owies that are all over your football team. You know something? You may call me crazy, and I know you guys will. I'm taking the Seahawks. What do you think of that? I think you're. I'm glad you did. I'll say that. All right. <laughs> okay. uh, 49ers and Browns. Browns plus nine and a half. <laughs> Woo, Paul, I'm going to let you lead this one off. Nine and a half points at home for Cleveland. A lot of points, fellas. A lot of points. That's that's what that is. Nine and a half points. Thank goodness it wasn't ten and a half. Because I would probably at that point really consider taking a brown. But the fact is it's only nine and a half. And the, and the 49ers, you guys watch the 49ers lately? They're not sure bad. Did. They're not a bad football team. And if I was to say what area are they not really good in, I'm hard-pressed to come up with an area. They're pretty good in everything that they do. McCaffrey's really something special this this year. I mean, and Purdy, you know, he's playing real well. He's going to end up being that big-time quarterback that I think he might be. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys. I, I might have, even if it was 10.5, still taken the 49ers. Guys, I, I can't turn my back on the 49ers the way they're playing. Hey, hey, this, this could be covered by halftime, by the way. I'm taking the 49ers. Have you seen Cleveland's defense play this year, Paul? Oh, I, a little bit, I guess. They're incredible. They're they are fantastic. Now this will be the greatest test they've faced. I don't think I, I I'm not given I'm not I'm not given nine and a half. I'll take the nine and a half points and that kind of defense to maybe ugly this up a little bit. And I, I don't have much confidence in Cleveland's offense at all. But man, their defense is good. Nine and a half points, that's a lot. The, the problem for me is, can they score at all against a good 49ers defense? But I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give nine and a half points. I'll take Cleveland. Tommy? Let's compare and contrast these two teams. Defensively, Cleveland has a really good defense. 
San Francisco has a really good defense. Offensively, San Francisco has a really good offense. Cleveland does not have a very good offense. And you know what? Look, Deshaun Watson has been banged up. They had to start their backup a couple of weeks ago. I don't know the status of Watson, if he's fully healthy, really what that looks like. We all know Nick Chubb is out for the season. They're, they've really got some issues, I think, offensively. And the 49ers are just so complete. I'm going to go with Paul. I know it's a lot of points, but I'm going to take the 49ers and I'll lay that nine and a half. Let's go backdoor cover. All right, Lions and Buccaneers. This is another interesting one. Bucks are getting three points at home against Detroit. I'm actually surprised this isn't a little bit bigger. Detroit, I think, is getting healthier. I don't know about Jameer Gibbs, but they should at least get Amon Ross St. Brown back. They have been so dominant in the trenches. I I just feel pressure coming on Baker Mayfield, and that makes me like the Lions here. I'm going to take the Lions, and I'm going to give the points there uh, to the home team. Tommy? I love this matchup, and here's the reason why. I think I've been more down on the Lions than the general public. And I think I've been more up on the Buccaneers than the general public. And so this is an opportunity for me to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I'm going to take those three points. I think Baker Mayfield has been underrated this year. He's been much better than people have really given him credit for. And, oh, by the way, he's still got a decent amount of weapons on that team. Give me Tampa Bay. I'm going to take those three points. Is Mike Evans playing? I don't think he is. Uh, I'll have to look. Um, but I know in Tampa, Tampa, I think, is Tampa's coming off a bye, aren't they? I believe they're coming yeah. off a bye. Tom, uh, Paul, you get to break the tie on this. What do you think? Well, I mean, you know, this is going to be the one game this week that I'm going to pick as a fan. I mean, I'm going to pick this with my heart because you guys know that since Hard Knocks, I'm a big, big fan of the Detroit Lions and, and uh, Coach Campbell and what he's doing. Uh, with that staff and with that football team. So I'm picking this with as a fan with my heart. And I'm going to take the Detroit Lions. Uh, do, am I confident? No, I think this is going to be a, a really good football game and either team can win. And with three points, that even a bigger factor. But I'm picking this one game out of the games that we're picking with my, with my fandom, and I'm going with the Lions. I've got bad news for us, Paul. What? The Buccaneers are going to be in their creamsicle uniforms. I'm just let's seeing go. now. Oh gosh, um, I'm, we're, we can I switch? We could back? be in can trouble I here. Now? Can yeah, I, I know. May no, I switch? No, it's too late. Too late. It's too late. Uh, Mike Evans, by the way, is questionable. If Mike Evans plays, we may regret it. Uh, but again, to me, it comes down to can the Lions put pressure on Baker Mayfield? I think that they can. Um, and that, and, and we'll see. All right, Cowboys and Chargers, our final pick. Can the Cowboys bounce back? In L.A., the Chargers are getting two points at home coming out of the bye week. Tommy, you can finish this thing off first. Uh, Chargers, two at home. What do you think? I think this is the most difficult NFL game to pick it's out of the five. It's a hard game it's to pick. It's really, really hard uh, because both of these teams at times have – completely underperformed uh, and underdelivered, but they both have a significant amount of talent. You know, for the Cowboys, we know defensively they do. And then just what the Chargers have on their roster. And then, of course, coming off of a bye, getting a little bit healthier. Man, I guess I'll take L.A. and I'll take the home points. Uh, all right, taking the home points, Paul. 
A couple weeks ago, I would have taken the Cowboys, no question about it. Uh, both these teams are good. This game is in L.A. The Chargers are getting two points. What's not to like about that? I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, I'll tell. All right, I th- I'm going to I'm going to take the cow. I've stuck with the Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys. I don't know why. I I just about was ready to take the Chargers. I don't know if you could tell that that I was that what I was going to do, but I was going to take the Chargers. I can't do it. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Look, uh, I I think um, I'm with you guys in in this being one of the more difficult games of the week. It is. The Cowboys are difficult to predict because they lay eggs all the time. All the time. Which they did against San Francisco. But when they don't lay eggs, they're really good. I'm going to take the Cowboys here just because it it feels like it's really hard to think about what they're going to do. And after it looked so bad... Last week, they do have a chance. I think this game's going to be really, really close, and I hate giving the points here. I'll take with hesitation the Cowboys. I think they're going to score. Both teams will score quite a bit in this game. I think it's going to be high scoring for sure, but I'll take the Cowboys very, very reluctantly in this one in what I think will be at least, if nothing else, a pretty entertaining uh, Monday night football game. All right, that's it for picks. We've got Paul, you've got them written down, right? I've got we'll, them all written down, ready to go. We'll get him. We'll get him to Jad. Jad will tally those up. Tommy certainly won't go zero and ten again. I don't think, um, but you know, we'll we'll see how that plays itself out. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Max will get Matt Henderson on the line, and we'll take a look at the high school football week. We are almost to the playoffs, fellas. So we'll uh, take a look at a couple of the interesting games today on the high school slate next on Sports Daily. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You gotta hear this. Go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be with you on this Friday edition. It is Friday. It is a high school football Friday as we enter week seven of eight in the regular season, fellas. Just two more of these to go before we get to the postseason. We're joined by Matt Henderson, executive producer of CatchItKansas.com. And we've got one coming this week, Matt. I'll start. Look. This is not, I'll be honest, my favorite slate this week. I, what what am I missing? What are some of the good ones today? Because you know we've had some real obvious ones in past weeks. I don't know that there are the obvious ones this week. I think there's a couple really big ones, at least in the metro area. Andy Alantini, 
district championship, both undefeated, and then May South Derby tonight should be a lot of fun. Those those would be your two headliners, but yeah, outside of that, little little lesser slate for week seven, but a lot to look forward to with the season ending next week. Matt, you know, it's been a fun story this entire season with what's been going on with Goddard Eisenhower. Uh, and I know that, you know, we've talked about it a few different times during this interview from week to week, but they've got an opportunity to do something in really the short period of time that they've had a football program this week against Salina South. I, I just wonder, like, for, for people that maybe haven't followed that program, they've only been around for just over a decade. How how big has this been for what Eisenhower is trying to accomplish? I mean, it's, it's huge for them. It really, like, kind of cements uh, them as, like, a power player within the AVCTL, within the metro area. Because, I mean, you said it, it's like they their first year as a school is 2011, first year that they co-op that year, first year full uh, playing as a full, uh, just as the school themselves is 2012. And their most wins in a season is seven. They have twice made it to the uh, state, to sub-state. Both of those were big playoff runs they had. And one of, the season, one of those years, they were seven and five. The other, they were five and seven. So this year, a win tonight, Salina South is winless, so that should happen. That'll put them at seven and zero, so they'll they'll uh, set the tie the uh, school record for wins in the season this year, and then that leads them right into next week's game, the rivalry game with Goddard. Goddard's a very good team this year too. That'll be one of the um, most hyped matchups we get next week. So yeah, Matt, big big season for the Tigers, and we'll see if they're able to really truly compete when it comes to playoff time. You know, you brought up uh, as one of the you know the the best games in the area uh, for the for the evening tonight is is Cheney and 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 Andale. Uh, Andale. These are two teams. By the way, Cheney is Owen is 6 and 0. Oh. I mean, they are really good. They've only allowed 21 points to be scored on them in 6 games, the first 6 games, and blowing everybody out at this point, you know, 40, 50, 60 to nothing, 70 to nothing in one occasion. Uh this is a really good football. Talk about a little about Cheney and then if you don't mind, would you break down does Cheney have a chance against Andale? I'm not so sure they do, even as good as they are. Break that game down for me. Yeah, Cheney, they're um, – I mean, you go back to week one, you're just talking about the points they gave up. That first game of the year was when they were able to flip from last year against Kingman. Kingman has not lost since, and Cheney just dominated them 34-7. That uh, Kingman was dealing with some uh, injury issues that week. But either way, you're looking at that Cheney team, like that defense, like you just mentioned, is out there. But their two best play- players come on offense. They're – Quarterback Josh Burdick, their receiver Jackson Both. He's headed to New Mexico State next year. So they have the talent there. It's really a matter of like with Andel. I mean, Andel, we, we, they've shown a little bit of vulnerability last last week. I mean, they didn't blow out Wichita Collegiate, which maybe maybe you would have, maybe you wouldn't have expected that. Collegiate, also a very good team. Um, but Andel, like, they just, it's one of those things that Andel just controls the game. And if that's if that's what they're able to do tonight and just like keep Cheney's offense off the field, they can just have sustained long drives and it in points and they can just do it a grinded out win, like a twenty eight to fourteen type of game. That's I think Ando would take that. You kinda of look at it like like the Chiefs even last night, like team was like, Yeah, they're going to go out there, they're going to probably win, but it's not going to be pretty. That could be what Ando does in a game like this against another very good team. Uh okay, so the other big game you mentioned there, Hendo, was Derby Mays South. Derby's had quarterback issues. You know, both both of these teams are good. We know they're going to be good. They're always good. What are we looking at in this matchup? Looking to see how Derby can uh, how how Derby starts this. 
So last week, Derby, they, they're they going through some quarterback issues. Braxton Clark went down with an injury against Hutch a few weeks ago. So they've kind of, they've, They've settled on Easton Splain, a junior. He made the, he played the entire game last week. Struggled to start the game. Mays jumped out to a twenty-one to seven lead on them. Derby then scores twenty-eight and answered to go out, go ahead and you know get the win, still win by two touchdowns. But Mays South is a team that I don't think you can like afford to do that against early because if you give Mays South a lead, I don't think they're going to give it up. And we saw that last week against they, they shut out May, that same Mays team forty-seven to nothing a couple weeks ago. Last week, Goddard came in with the same record of them, both at five and both at four and one, and May South just shut them down. They were double them up, forty-two twenty-one. So I would. This is one of those that like, I think you'll look at it, like maybe give Derby the advantage because they are the home team and they have all that talent that is still there. But May South is a team that can easily. I would not be shocked in the least if May South went to Derby and won that game. I want to go down to the uh, the eight man. Uh, ranks a little bit here uh, with you, Matt. So we, I remember us having a conversation uh, last season. We were talking about South Sumner and their program. And of course, like eight man football in the Wichita Metro doesn't get a ton of attention uh, just because of all the, the major programs that are around here, but you don't have to go that far away from Wichita where you get some really fun eight man football and South Sumner is one of those programs that, you know, they're pretty brand new with the combination of a couple of different districts. And then they've got, I, I guess, what you know maybe is developing into a rivalry with Central Alberta. You've got a couple of really fun programs there. And I know that that matchup isn't until next weekend between those two programs. But I, may, I don't know if I'm missing any other programs in the eight-man ranks around this area that are fun to watch. I'd love for you to highlight maybe those two programs and if there are any, any others around the area. Yeah, South Sumner, they, they are a team that I think surprised a lot of people because they had one of the top eight-man quarterbacks in the state, Keandre Smith, graduate last year. And they've just gone out this year and just kept that going. They've only lost so, – so that, that consolidation of uh, Caldwell and South Haven, they've only lost one game since they did that. And that was a playoff game last year to Chase County. And so they're excellent team. So, and you mentioned Central Borden. They're also 6-0 this year. They have a, a couple big wins to their name. That'll be a district championship most likely next week. But Argonia Attica, another team down there this year, there's still a team to watch. They're at five, they're 5-1 five and one right now, and they play South Sumner tonight. You go up north, Canton Galva is a team to watch. They're Mound Ridge this year. They're moving back up to 11-man this year. But their 8-man team, they, are, they have some very impressive wins to their name already. And they're a team that's you know just maybe north of the metro area, one to really watch in their final year of eight man if they could go out there and make a run. But really, you're looking at a couple of teams that are just outside the area, like Linden, like Wichita County, then Axtell in Division Two, that are the eight man powers and the teams to beat still. You know, Hendo, we haven't talked about uh, the Wichita City League here in a little bit. Uh, I'm just gonna. I just want your general impressions. The Wichita City League as it stands today. Where is it? How does it rank amongst uh, the other teams and other other leagues? Where is the Wichita City League at this very moment, in your opinion? I think Cape. I still think Capen is the best team in five A right now. I I have them at number one in our poll, and just ahead of Mill Valley, which we'll see how that goes. Mill Valley, a big game. Capen, a big game out out east today. They play at St. James, who's you know a perennial four A power, just kind of having a down season at one and five. I think Capen, you have to look at the, the, as the top dog there. That win over East looking better and better, but obviously they have the loss Northwest, so you're probably looking at what a three-way tie at the top there. Wichita Heights, tonight is a big test for them. 
because you look on look at a paper, you see that five and one record. It's a matter of is that a um, like a true like strong five and one? Is that a misleading five and one? They've beat up on the bottom of the city league the last four weeks, and Bishop Carroll is kind of that middle team too. That's like their four losses are to four very good teams, but they haven't exactly been competitive except except for the first half against Capen last week. So if Heights can go out there and beat Carroll tonight and prove to six and one, they have a real chance to like um, improve their their uh, standing heading into the playoffs. That's the one thing I'm really watching for. But yeah, I would say at the top, Capen East Northwest easily among the best in Kansas. And it's fun too because you've got all three that you've got aspirations to really deep postseason runs and something special. All right, Matt, we appreciate it. You can find the Catch at Kansas work, of course, at catchatkansas.com. There's the free Catch at Kansas app, and you can see highlights and reaction to all the big games tonight on the Catch at Kansas show. That's at 1035 on the KSCW, and you'll see plenty of it inside the newscast at 9 and 10 on 12 News as well. Matt, uh, good shooting tonight, and let's get another good high school football Friday in the books. Yep, thanks, guys. Guys, a couple NFL notes. Daniel Jones is out. Just saw that. Not that we thought the Giants had much of a chance. Um, A lot of chatter today about Russell Wilson's contract. And I want to go back to the Chiefs game last night. Russell Wilson has looked so much better this year than the beginning of last year. And he didn't look that bad at the end of last year. Like, he played a bad game last night. There's no question. But... Denver's problems are not Russell Wilson right now. I mean, they're just not, Tommy. Like, he's been okay this year. He's. I mean, is he worth the contract? No, of course not, because they weren't in a position when they gave it to him to be competitive enough for it to make the difference. But if, we're, if I'm looking at the long list of issues in Denver, Russell Wilson's not at the top of that list. He's not at the top of the list, but he's on the list. He's on the list, sure. He's on the because, list for Only sure. because of his contract amount, and well, nobody thinks they're going to be very good. Not only because of his contract. I mean, his play, even when you know, considering it's been better this season than last, it's still not great. I mean, it's, it's he was, fine. He was the third it's best fine. rated passer in the NFL going into that game. He had, it's what, 11 fine. touchdowns and one but interception? Not, but but they're, they're not winning games. And I'm not saying that's his fault necessarily. But, I mean, I think that there are countless examples of great quarterback play overcoming other issues and that really hasn't necessarily been the case even though he's had a decent passer rating going into you last can't overcome the 32nd ranked defense in football no. if you're the quarterback I'm not trying to say that Russell Wilson is the problem but he's a problem there are a, a myriad of problems in Denver he's one of them and he's been one of them since he came to Denver with the contract that kind of weighs them down and so I think that the the, the quarterback play certainly is not what they need it to be to be able to overcome the other issues they've got. That's the problem, and it's a big contract. But again, like, even if we go back to last year, you know, he he you could sort of begin to see it right there at the very end of the year. It got better. But then this year, like, he's been fine. And, and I, like, I just look at this, and if we're trying to, like, is it because we always say, right, is it Belichick or is it Brady? Is it what like the, re, the, 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 the I think that Sean Payton has done a terrible job uh, off and on the field since he's been in Denver. I think that they grossly misplayed their hand on how good they were when they went and got Russell Wilson. That's the bigger issue. 
Russell Wilson's play has been okay. So what are you going to cut him now and take eighty-five million dollar no, dead hit you when you're that. trying to? Well, you I mean, that. that's what's being thrown around because they can save money long term by doing it. But if you're trying to rebuild, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't mind the thought if I'm Denver of breaking it down and trying to collect picks. And if you're going to be in the mix, you can, even if you take Caleb Williams, you can still do that and have Russell Wilson on the roster. I don't know that anybody, nobody's going to trade for Russell Wilson. Even then, I, I still think you got to eat the money, Paul. But if if Denver is in teardown mode, does it make sense to tear down with Russell Wilson and take the big old cap hit to do it? Or do you just put guys out on the trade block and see what sticks? I think you start taking a look at this coaching staff because what you guys are saying, uh, Jacob, you kind of touched on it about a minute ago, and that is when you delve into coaching. This is all about coaching, fellas. That's what this is all about. Something is wrong on that coaching staff. Now, what it is, I don't know. I don't think it's the head coach. I, I certainly don't believe that. And, of course, his record you know, speaks for itself. I mean, we're, we're okay there. But there is something wrong on this coaching staff. There's, and I don't know what it is. But you, you look at, at, at what they do, you know, and I really don't have a problem with the way they line up and all that. I don't have those kind of problems. But there's something wrong. I can't put my finger on it. I can't. And I should be able to put my finger on what's wrong with this coaching staff, but there's something wrong. That's where this is. This is that's where this all begins and ends. And it's going to be up to it's going to be up to the head coach to get these changes or whatever it takes to get this situation fixed. But these players have no confidence in this coaching staff. There are so many different things, and you mentioned the coaching staff. I mean, the fact that Nathaniel Hackett was buried when he was ran out of town, and you know Sean Payton that just runs his mouth about right. Nathaniel Hackett. Right, right. That certainly hasn't helped. Has it's helped. been weird to me all season long that you have a defensive coordinator that was formerly the head coach just a few seasons ago of the team, and now he's the defensive coordinator. Like That doesn't happen in the NFL. You've got Vance Joseph, who one time was the Broncos' head coach. Now he's not, but he's still on the coaching staff. That, that's kind of bizarre. I, I think that there's one uh, other scenario here, and we talked about different things like, can they trade Russell Wilson? Probably not. If they cut him, there's a big-time cap hit. You know what? You look at the situation with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City and how he's worked with the front office on his contract to make it better for the entire team. Russell Wilson can do the same thing, right? Like that that contract is not etched in stone. He can sit down with the front office and say, look, like we need to find a way to get better players around me. So let's restructure my contract to make that work. And he hasn't done so since he's been in Denver. Like that contract he's held on to, and it's really hamstrung the organization, and it's going to long term. Yeah, I, I think it's here's here's the reality. It's possible that both Nathaniel Hackett did a terrible job and Sean Payton's doing a terrible job. That that can, those things can both be true, and I think that they are. I think Hackett did a terrible job last year. Uh, Sean Payton has not done any better. And, and you know, we see some of the talent on that team and, like, you feel for Ben Powers, right, and all these things that, that go. But the defense has been the problem, guys. And, and last night it wasn't. Last night it wasn't. Last night the offense wasn't good. And I thought that was a game plan issue because I thought they were running the ball and they never should have stopped. They never should have stopped running the ball. And, in fact, they probably, in McLaughlin, along with Javante Williams, 
found even more of a running game than they had to begin with. Javante Williams looked fine, and McLaughlin's good. Like, why did they not run the ball 30 times or at least make the Chiefs stop them? But they didn't, and to me, that's coaching again. I, I want to point out, uh, as we get off topic here very briefly before we go to our final break, uh, according to mul- multiple sources, including Adam Schefter, Deshaun Watson is out on Sunday. He will not be mm. playing. DJ mm-hmm. Walker will be starting for the Browns. How many points do, can I – let's see what the line is. <laughs> can I get like 12 and a half points now? Uh, I was a bet for that. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's not playing well anyway. I don't know how much that matters. That yeah. was probably a dumb decision by me. Uh, to put that much credit on the defense, but but we'll see. You never know what will happen here. Uh, All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. Very busy weekend coming for you. Uh, We'll get you the game details on K-State, KU, uh, all that good stuff when we return on Sports Daily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.